0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Okay, so I'm really excited about uh, some simple but very, very important thoughts that I want to share with you today from the book of Mark. Turn with me to the book of Mark, if, or turn it on on your phone, however you get there. And it's been a blessing to uh, just read from, like we just finished a series, and series come to me as I just read through the books of the Bible. I read in different places. I wanna encourage you to get a regular Bible reading routine. Okay, when you read through the Bible, especially the New Testament, okay, when you read through the Bible over and over and over again, I'm telling you there are layers and there are riches of truth that will speak to your life and feed your life and help your life. And so um, so I just started uh, the book of Mark, Mark chapter one, and there are a number of things that really stood out to me uh, this time. First of all, as I was looking at Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one is, is hands down a, a, an identity gospel. And what I mean by that is that all the gospels are like this, but Jesus really wanted to show who he is and who he is. Uh, Meant to be. Jesus wanted to make an impression on people about his character, his nature, and his heart. And the book of Mark was primarily written to the Roman mind. And so it's 16 chapters, it's short and it's quick, and you see Jesus in action. Jesus on the move. There's a lot of suddenlies in this God, suddenly this and then that. And and one of the things when you read the book of Mark is, and actually this, this is kind of over all of the Gospels, but in the book of Mark, Jesus wanted to make a very specific first impression. And I want us all to go home with a, a real clear understanding of that first impression. Because Jesus came to minister to all of who we are. He came to address us Completely. Some people think we go to church because I just, you know, there's, there's something good about, about doing something for your spiritual life. No, Jesus came to bless and to help all of our lives. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I came that you might have life online. I came, these are the words of Christ. I came that you might have life and life to the full. I'm telling you right now, Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full in every sense of the word. How many believe that today? Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, we believe that. All of who we are, every facet of who we are. And so let's read, it's kind of a bit of a lengthy passage. It's uh, uh, almost, yeah, it's kind of a little bit lengthy passage, but I want to highlight the fact that these are very specific chosen stories that God wanted us to to, to take in and, and to learn from and to understand. Mark chapter one, beginning with verse 29, says this. Jesus, Jesus and his disciples came to the town of Capernaum. And on the next Sabbath, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. The people who heard him were amazed at the way he taught for he wasn't like the teachers of the law. Leave it right here, please. He taught with authority. Everybody say authority. Okay, in the New Testament, the word authority is very, very important. And authority means, I'm going to walk through and apply quickly later, but authority is the word exousia. And what, what exousia means is a unique type of knowledge coupled with a unique type of power, okay? So it's it's the perfect knowledge of God, authority is the perfect knowledge of God, attended to as well with the perfect, glorious, incomparable power of God. When God, when God exercises authority, it's a combination of perfect wisdom and perfect power mashed together. So when, when Jesus was preaching, his preaching was shaking everything up. His preaching was rattling the culture. His preaching was transforming things and disturbing things and moving things. Some people, if they don't want the truth, they shouldn't be able to bear the truth. I can't go back there. You know, sometimes people come to church and say, I don't think I want to go back there. That's okay. That's okay. It's better to say, I'm not ready for that than for them to take it in and not respond to it. So, Jesus, when He spoke, He spoke with authority. Come on, let's expect the God of authority to be among us and to move through us. How many would say amen? When you pray for us, pray that God will help us to preach with authority. Not just talk, not just things that are culturally relevant, but things that rattle people's cages. Things that make people think about heaven and earth and, and heaven and hell and who is, the, who is the true God, who is the most high God. God, help us. We need authority. And the called, because we are the called, the called need what? Authority. So this wasn't just talking. This wasn't just philosophy. Okay? Jesus, in every church in this nation, right now, let the word of God have more than just a philosophical truth. Let it have authority. Come on, Jesus. Let's keep going. Just then, a man with an evil spirit, this is also unclean spirit, okay, because in the wholeness of who we are, we're not just body and mind, we're also spirit. So it says, just then a man with an evil spirit came into the synagogue and screamed, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you here to destroy us? I know who you are. You are God's holy messenger. Jesus ordered the spirit, be quiet and come out of the man. Now, let me say something else here that's very, very important. Okay? Now, first of all, if you're watching online or if you're in this room listening and you are of the persuasion that there's no spiritual realm, that there's no evil forces, you are. Sorely mistaken. And if you ignore the fact that there are principalities and powers that are dark, okay, you will be blindsided over and over and over again. You will look for reasons and find all the wrong answers. Because there is a spiritual warfare taking place right here and right now. And if you don't see spiritual warfare when you watch the news, if you don't see spiritual warfare when you see what's happening, then I don't know what you see. But the devil is on the loose. But hallelujah, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Somebody say amen. So number one, there is a spiritual realm. There, is a, there are forces of darkness, but our God is an awesome God and he is greater. Now, let me say one other thing that really kind of coincides with this. When you read the scriptures, when you read the gospels, one of the things you're gonna notice is that except for Satan himself and the temptation of Jesus, which I might preach about, Uh, in in the upcoming weeks soon. But except for Satan himself, this is gonna happen for him later. You're gonna notice that every time demons encounter Jesus, one of the things that they would do is flat out acknowledge him. Whenever Jesus would come on the scene, they would go, Jesus, we know who you are. You're God's messenger. You're the son of the most high God. And Jesus was like, be quiet, be quiet. And so it's interesting, the devil acknowledges God sometimes more than people do. How many know we should acknowledge Jesus way more than the devil does? Come on, let's do that right now. Come on, let's acknowledge Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you. Man, if the demons shout, you are the most high God, how should we shout? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you know what I'm praying? I'm praying that God would set our church on fire. I'm praying that we would move past the normal and the mundane. And that we would get set on fire. And that we would really be used by God. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. I believe he's coming back soon. But when he comes back, may he find a church on fire. May he find a people on fire. Somebody say amen. So be it, Lord. So it's important for us to understand all of these dynamics that are going on. And so Jesus ordered the spirit, be quiet and come out of the man a little bit more. The evil spirit shook the man hard, gave a loud scream and came out of him. The people were all so amazed that they started saying to one another, what is this? Is it some kind of new teaching? This man has authority to give orders to the evil spirits, and they obey him. We need to know that and believe that. A little bit more then. It says, and so the news about Jesus spread quickly everywhere in the province of Galilee. Jesus and his disciples, including James and John, left the synagogue and went straight to the home of Simon. Now, Simon was Peter. Same guy, okay? They went straight to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a fever. In the original language, this was a raging fever, okay? And as soon as Jesus arrived, he was told about her. Leave it right there for a second, please. As soon as it happens, talk to Jesus about it. As soon as it comes upon the scene, talk to Jesus about it. That's why we pray so much. By the way, I, I, uh, maybe I'll do this for next service, but I, got a, I was with Pastor Edgar. They sent Pastor Edgar an image of a stack full of cards. So many people filled out prayer requests yesterday. I mean a stack. Come out on Tuesday, and let's pray that stack down in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Where are we? Okay, yes. So as soon as Jesus arrived, he was told about her. Next. He went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her. He went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her. There's like 25 sermons here. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. Popped up, started serving. After the sun had set, evening had come. People brought Jesus, all the sick and those who had demons. All the people of the town gathered in front of the house. Jesus healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases and drove out many demons. He would not let the demons say anything because they knew who he was because they knew who he was. What an amazing story. Part of the way we need to look at this is almost titled today's message. I'm not, it's not the title, but I almost titled it First Impressions because what you see here in Mark chapter one is that Jesus wanted to make an impression to the crowds. He wanted people to see him in a very particular way. And I believe he still wants to make that first impression. He wants this impression to become a conviction. He wants this first impression to be something that we live by, that we're convinced of deep down in our soul. This is the kind of God that he serves. And the impression that he was trying to make was this. He was trying to say to all of us that he's the God That heals. And that's the, come on, let's praise God for that. Hallelujah. That's the title of the message. From physical to spiritual, He's the God that heals. Not just physical, people think about physical, but Jesus was, was into healing us physically all the way to spiritually. He was here to heal everything in between, our emotional life. You know, there's all of this focus on mental health, which is so vitally important, but sometimes we leave Jesus out of the possibilities of ministering to our mental health, but he's the God that heals. He came to heal every part of who we are. He came to heal every facet, every part of who we are. And so I just want to pray, I want to I pray very quickly and ask the Lord by his mighty power to make that impression on us. To burn it inside of us that we would believe him today. To be the God that heals. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for everyone watching online. God, I pray that there would be such an anointing, oh God, upon the next few moments. I pray that your anointing would go through computer screens and television screens. I pray that it would go through, through, uh, uh, through phones. But God, you are the God that heals. You are the great I am. You are the great power, oh God. You are the great power of the world, Lord Jesus. You came to save that which was lost, oh God. You came to bring life, oh God. Things that were stolen, people who were stolen, you came to save them, transform them, and give them the abundant life, oh God. And so God, we pray today that you would fill our hearts with faith, with conviction, with a lifestyle that says you're the God that heals. Bless the next, few moments by your mighty power, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From physical disease to spiritual disease to spiritual, even the worst, he is the God that heals. So I want to point out a couple things for us too so that we could raise our expectation of Christ. Number one, his healing brings our homes back to normal. His healing was meant to bring our homes back to normal. So Jesus is preaching in the synagogue. And back in the day, everything revolved around the temple. You could only really worship at the temple, okay? So many things were focused around the temple, which was good and right. You got the teaching at the temple. The temple, the temple, the temple. But now God comes and people who meet him at the temple come to experience the great blessing that he not only meets us at the temple, he not only meets us at the church, but he goes home with us. Anybody ready to take Jesus home with you? Because they took Jesus home. Hallelujah. He wants to go home with you today. He wants to go to your home. He wants to visit your home today. And he wants to bring your home back to normal. So here Jesus is doing these great things in the temple. And then he's the kind of God. See, all other religions and all other philosophies. The God is so great. He's so mighty. He's he's so the focal point, but in such a way that we have to always go to him. We have to always please him, reach out to him, honor him, work to him, hopefully try to gain his favor and his mercy by human effort. And Christianity is completely different from that. Christianity is the exact opposite. While we were walking away from Him, Jesus came down looking for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are the prodigal son. We are the prodigal people. Why did Jesus come to the earth? He came to go after us. Why are you here? Why are you watching online? Because He's going after you. Because He loves you. Because wherever you are, that's where He wants to be. Come on, praise Jesus for that today. You don't just go to church. We are the church because Jesus goes with us. And so here it is. He goes home. And he gets to Peter's house. And she's sick. A raging fever. And he takes her by the hand. And he heals her. And guess what happens? She bounces up. And she becomes exactly the person that she's always been, that she's meant to be. She just starts serving. Do you know that Jesus wants to go to your home? Our God is the God of order and peace. He is the God of order, and we should expect his peace and order in our home. If you're here today and you don't have order and peace, well, I've got good news. Take Jesus there. Because if you take Jesus to your home, how many know he's the prince of peace? He's the God of all wisdom and might and power. He will bring order where there's disorder, where there's dysfunction. God is the God of order. Your money won't give you order. Your education won't give you order. There's a lot of things that are helpful, but they are not the things that really determine peace and order in your life. But Jesus can give you order, and Jesus can give you peace. Somebody say amen. And so let's expect peace today in our homes. Let's expect, expect Jesus to come in. Maybe your marriage is all jacked up. Maybe there are a lot of reasons why there's so much hurt and pain and division. And you know what? Sometimes in marriage, if you're married long enough, every, you know, when you're married long enough, somebody is right sometimes. Okay? Okay. But even if you're right, even if you're right, even if you're justified, Jesus came to pour his blood upon your home. He came to provide forgiveness. He came to provide healing. He came to restore. He came to tear down the dividing wall and bring things back to normal, to bring things back to order. Today, Jesus wants to visit every home. I want you to cross the threshold today of your house and just believe God. Right, don't just walk in. Don't just walk in home today. And if you're, and if you're, if you're at home, maybe you should step outside and then step in. <laughs> let say, Jesus, I'm bringing you with me. Come on in, Jesus. Come into my house. Come into my house, oh Lord. Take the gloom. Take the doom out of my house. Our house is not supposed to be a place of negativity, a place of anger, a place of strife, a place that is that is dominated by fear. Not Jesus' house, not where Jesus is. He came to bring peace and order. And you're like, do we have to go through like a, 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 a you know super? kind of a series of this and this and that. Sometimes there's a process, but sometimes Jesus steps in and just does it. Just does it. Let's believe for Jesus just to do it. Christians are meant to have homes with the peace and blessing of God upon them. If you're a Christian, expect that from God. Okay, if you're a Christian, expect that from God. And by the way, just as a quick side note, sometimes when we bring Jesus in, all of a sudden your discernment level goes through the roof. You understand? Because when you go into your place by yourself, you're used to all kinds of stuff, right? But when someone comes over, aren't you sensitive to your place when someone comes over? You know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 if you're a single guy, you know the socks that are like hanging on the, the thing over there? It's like, you know, on the it's right, right on the bounty towel and like the socks are there too and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. It's like when people come over, you're like, let me put this away. The good thing about bringing Jesus is he will show you what's not, what's not good for you. He will show you the different things that are destroying your peace and your order. But he wants to come home with us and bring peace to our homes, just like he did for Simon. Okay, before Simon ever did anything for him, Jesus brought peace and home to his house. We're gonna pray about that in a moment. He's the God of order. He's the God of peace. Bring peace and order. And especially wherever there are little children. Because that's chaos. (laughs) Amen. We know that to be true, right? So, God is able. Real quick story before I wrap up this point. I thought about this. This includes the physical. When I was 27 or 28 years old, Chrissy... Was 25 or 23 years, something like 24. We were, you know, pretty newly newlyweds. Couple years, we took on a church, pretty large responsibility, thousand people in Omaha, and um, we were at work. Kids, um, Tommy. Uh, Chrissy got pregnant. Tommy was born in Omaha. We had two already. So many things going on. And all of a sudden, Chrissy started to get sick. She started to get sick. She started to get sick. Finally, she went to the hospital. They started running tests. And it turns out that one of her kidneys was completely damaged. And I mean major damage. They told her, your kidney is at like 35% function. Anymore, we might have to take it. So there were some ladies in the church not on staff, okay, um, uh, not titles. They were just some ladies. They were, a number of them were um, actually senior citizens. And um, and I remember running into one of them, or and it was Scotty's wife, I can't remember her name. And I remember run, running into her and saying, Sister, would you... Please pray for my wife. She's got this problem with her kidneys, and they're running all of these tests. And um, you know this is dangerous. So anyway, she said to me, "I got three or four ladies. We are gonna fast for two or three days. This thing is coming down." And so, so they prayed. Chrissy went through a process. Probably took some medication or whatever. But it was interesting because all of a sudden time started to pass. And, um, you know, when things are normal, you forget about the abnormal. So time started to pass. And I remember one day, said, hey, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel great. You know, it's all good. Oh, I feel, I feel great. And then time started going by and time started going by. And all of a sudden, she was like, I, I feel great. You know, and if she drank an iced tea, if she drank, you know, she would immediately get sick. And I remember when we were at a restaurant, she said, You know, I feel so good. Could I have an iced tea? Iced tea, no problem. This, no problem. All of a sudden, things were back to normal. And let me tell you something, Jesus wants to put things back to normal. I could tell you stories and stories and stories about people being touched by the power of God. Let's be the kind of people that expect healing from Jesus. How many believe Jesus still heals people yes. in every sense of the word? Yes. Imagine some kind of theology that says that Jesus doesn't heal. Good gracious. How does that make sense? Of course, He heals. He's the same yesterday and... Come on, let's praise Jesus one more time for that. Hallelujah. The Bible is not Marvel Comics. The Bible is the Bible. And every word of the Bible is true. Hallelujah. Our God is a God of life and love and power. The power that's able to heal us. Amen and amen, hallelujah. And so life back to normal, homes, peace, and order. Secondly, and very quickly, his healing restores our spirit and emotions. The healing of God is complete, not just the body. The healing of God. Why, does this, why, why are these stories about the demons? Is he trying to scare us or spook us? No. He's trying to tell you, I'm in charge of everything. He's trying to tell us, hey, come to me. Because no matter what attacks you, it might be greater than you, but it's not greater than me. How many know nothing is greater than our King Jesus? Come to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so part of what we see is how God, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God, the risen Savior, why did he come? He came that we might have life and life to the full. Life to the full means your feelings. It means the state of your emotions. It means the state of your spirit. That's why the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Because he doesn't want his children walking around afraid. He doesn't want us walking around worried all the time. He doesn't want us walking around angry or bitter or traumatized. He doesn't want you and I living our future based on our past. He's greater than all of those things. He has the best life for you. I'm telling you right now online, he has the best life for you. The life that you could never imagine. And this is not some kind of infomercial. I'm talking about joy and peace for your soul. I'm talking about blessing and victory for your life and your family and your home and your relationships. That's why he came upon the scene. Not just to make promises, but to fulfill every promise. So look, we need to understand this. It comes right out of this text. So pain and sin open us up to what I'm gonna call the demonic progression of suggestion, oppression, possession, okay? Look at me for a second. There is a progression That's the work of the enemy. I want you to start analyzing when you listen to the news. Listen to the news in light of the Bible. Okay? We teach our children. They're going to school. Okay, when they go to school, we want our kids to listen to the teachers in light of the Bible. I remember a teacher when Annie was like seven years old. A teacher said in school, look, don't bother God praying about the little things of your life. He's busy running the big things. She said, hold on. (laughs) The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. He, He takes care of all of our things. We can hear from God. We can talk to God. That's not what the Bible says. I was like, okay, honey, let's scale it back a little differently. But still, We don't want our kids to be shaped about what the world is saying. We want them to shape the world with what God is saying. Somebody say amen. So watch, everything begins with demonic suggestions. When I pray for your children, which I pray for often, when I pray for the children of the staff, when I pray for my, my grandchildren, I'm always praying. In the name of Jesus, we stand against every demonic suggestion. We come against every demonic suggestion, all falsehood, all things that are seeds from the enemy. Take that seed out of their mind. Take that seed out of their hearts, oh God. We stand against that in the name of Jesus. You want to pray for your kids? That's the way to pray. Because the devil is sowing all of these suggestions, all of these suggestions, and they're lies. Lies lead to bondage. Truth leads to freedom. If you take in demonic suggestions enough, you start to experience demonic oppression. Oppression means that your spirit kind of gets broken and heavy. I gotta move quickly here, okay? Possession is what you see in the Bible, okay? Possession is rare, but oppression is common. Let me say that one more time. Possession is rare, but oppression is common. And you know what? The, the, enemy, the enemy doesn't have to, he doesn't want to, here's what I believe, especially in America, I believe he doesn't want to attract more attention to himself than is necessary. That's why we don't see people rolling around the ground all the time. Because if he's got you oppressed, he's, got, he's still stealing the best life from you. If you live under a cloud, if you live under a weight, if you don't live under, under righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, if he's got you every single day weighed down, weighed down by the cares of this life, by the issues, by the fears, by the struggles, what well, I'm telling you right now, he wants to oppress you. But Jesus came to rebuke that oppression. He came to drive out that oppression by his authority, by his power. Listen to this, sometimes a person's spirit can get broken very quickly. Could you put up the next slide? Okay, What is? how do we talk about when a person's spirit gets injured or broken or wounded? This is when a person's spirit and motivation has been broken. These people feel no reason to get up in the morning. They suffer from a mysterious fatigue and generally mild depression. They become physically sick easily and find faults in others and all the negatives about life are easy to locate. They have an abundance of reasons why they shouldn't bother attempting anything. Life of fear appears hopeless to these people. The Bible talks about this as well. Look at what the Proverbs say. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Sometimes our spirit gets hurt. Maybe your spirit is crushed. Maybe you're watching online. Your spirit has become wounded and you're kind of not motivated and not believing and walking around discouraged all the time. Jesus came to heal your heart. Jesus came to heal your mind. Jesus came to touch your soul. Jesus came to lift you up. Jesus came to put joy inside of your soul, hallelujah. That's why he came because he's the God that heals. The human spirit can endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Listen, we talked last week about uh, a woman named Lillian Yeoman, and I, I usually don't take one illustration and carry it over to the next. We know last week we talked about how this woman was a doctor. She was testing morphine, and she became addicted. Then she became an addict, And then she got touched by the power of God because he's the God that heals. And then she became the founder of a a, a university that an NCU that's going on today. We've been impacted through relationship in many, many ways by the, the, the work of God in that woman's life. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about her. Listen to this. This is what she said. She said, I was a perfect wreck mentally and physically. One of my nurses said, I was like a skeleton with a devil inside. She said, I have tried everything that willpower and medical science and suggestion and all the rest can do. And there is absolutely no hope for me unless it lies between the covers of this book. She was talking about the Bible. So, look, brothers and sisters. The human heart, the human spirit, because it's made in the image of God, I'll I'll, I'll close with this. Because you're made in the image of God, you, your human spirit, your human will is incredibly powerful. Why? Because you were made like your heavenly father. You look like your father. And that's why he put a will inside of you, a will to get up, a will to do. The Bible says God is able to cause us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But there comes a point sometimes where our will cannot do it. And you know what? When your will has been broken, lift your eyes because Jesus is the healer. He's come to heal our emotions. He's come to heal our will. He's come to heal our hearts. He's come to restore motivation. He's come to restore our willing to give and to love and to, and to serve again. That's why Jesus came. Because he's the healer. Everybody say he's the healer. Now real quickly, I just wanna read this about Jesus and then we're gonna close. The Bible says, describing Jesus, he reflects the brightness of God's glory and is the exact likeness of God's own being. Okay? Sustaining the universe with his powerful word. After achieving forgiveness, who achieved forgiveness for all of mankind? Only Jesus. After achieving forgiveness for the sins of all human beings, not just some, of all human beings, every person is a candidate to be forgiven, to be blessed, to receive the fullness of the love of God. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how deep and how dark, Jesus achieved forgiveness for all human beings. Oh, hallelujah. And then it says, he sat down in heaven at the right side of God, the supreme power. The supreme power. If the musicians would come, how does Jesus restore our spirit and our emotions? It's all in this verse. Real quickly, I wanna break this down. Number one, by his powerful word. If you need your emotions restored, you need the word of God. If you need your mind restored if you need your spirit restored if you need your body restored you need the powerful word of god it's the word of god that sustains the whole universe all of the planets would fall if it wasn't for the word of god all of the stars would fall the sun would fall everything would fall if it wasn't for the word of god hallelujah number two it's by his eternal and merciful act because sometimes we're so broken and we we'll say, I broke it because I broke myself. But even when you broke us, yourself, he is rich in mercy. He didn't come to accuse. He came to forgive. Hallelujah. And lastly, he does it by his seat of power and love, his seat of authority. Everybody say authority. He's got the authority. When Jesus rose from the dead, he sat, he sits at the seat of power to re- dispense his authority.